Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. Okay, Ben and Matt, what are the rhythms that you have with your kids? I mean, we're, we're in the fall and every, mm-hmm. you know, rhythms change. So I'm curious, like as parents, what are your rhythms that you have? I, my rhythm with my kids is send them to college and uh, <laughs> don't take their calls. when. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, I, I am serious though that it, it has vastly changed for us, obviously, with sure. sort of being on the verge of empty nesting, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, one of our daughters who's out of college is back home for a little bit. Um, just while she figures out what's next. Um, so yeah, it's different for all of our kids, but I don't know. I noticed the orbits get a little wider, yeah. um, but we don't have like real specific daily kind of weekly rhythms with our kids anymore because they're all kind of out doing other stuff. They're not with mom and dad all the time. Yeah. Matt, do you have any, like, I don't know, things that you do every day, every week, every month or something? Yeah, I mean, we we do normal, like, uh, prayer and, like, intentional conversation at dinner. I uh, bless them and pray over them uh, at night. I have, like, um, an Instagram. I follow this Instagram person. I have this little picture of, like, ways to bless and affirm your kids. Hmm. Like, things like, um, I'm trying to remember one of them. One of them is, I can't imagine our family without you. Hmm. Um. Another one is you you add so much to who we are, and I appreciate the ways that you God has created you uniquely, you know, like things like this, like yeah, um, so I do that at bed usually, um, and then every week, I have two kids, so every week, I take one of them out for breakfast on Saturday, Aww. and we just chat, we just hang out, it's like they get a they get to like go to Starbucks and get a frappuccino and a muffin, you know, it's a big deal. sugar upon sugar. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> and then, you know, I get a chance to, uh, and there's like a 16 minute window when they're hyped up on sugar before their crash where they really want to talk. So <laughs> um, I love them. it. Yeah. Um, and then how about you, Christy. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. I didn't okay. realize you weren't done. No. Um, and then I take special trips with them 
um, mm. hither and thither. So yeah. one, uh, like for instance, this past summer, I took my son to Cedar Point, which is a amusement park, the a best. roller coaster park. Yeah, in uh, up by Cleveland, Ohio, and rode roller coasters all day. And good lord, <laughs> I I told myself I'm a I like roller coasters, mm. uh, but these roller coasters are bananas. Mm. Yes. They're they're bananas. So anyway, those are some rhythms. I like it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a rhythm of doing a, you know, a weekend away, mother, daughter, or father, son. Um, and actually this coming weekend where I'm taking my girls, have you ever been to like the great wolf lodge? Yes. It's like a water park thing. Yeah, yeah. So fun. Anyway, um, taking both girls there and it's, I think it's be really fun, but just intentional <sighs> conversation, great. time away, fun, all that kind of stuff. So we do that. Um, I do, I do a blessing. That sounds so churchy. I don't mean it that way, but like when they're walking out the door, I like speak mm-hmm. words over them. Like you are courageous. You are loved. You are, you know, and mm-hmm. just, and speak into each of them. Um, don't forget your way. shoes like so, that. That's just, don't that's, forget your shoes. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that was the way I blessed my kids. Yes, don't forget your shoes. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. So, yeah. Anyway, I asked that because. Today we're going we're going to look at uh, liturgy for parents, a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about this interview, Matt. Yeah, Kayla Craig uh, wrote a book that's I think part memoir of her learning to walk with God as a mom, as a parent. Then uh, mm-hmm. one part like devotional for parents, and then one part like devotionals with families that you can lead as parents. It's kind of a yeah. really unique book, and it has a lot of great wisdom and like prayers to pray with your family, questions to ask. Sometimes. Sometimes when I'm talking about a text of scripture, I I I know how to like preach or teach. And then mm. if I try to ask questions, it comes across like dumb. Like the questions aren't very good. They don't provoke any kind of like uh deep thinking or good conversation. Mm. But she's got some great questions uh scattered throughout this book that really fund, you know, good conversations as family. So and then she was a delightful person to spend. Some time with. You did this interview on your own, if I recall. You did. What's interesting is I actually bought the book, not knowing you were doing this interview. Um, And I think it gets released like this week. It should be coming in the mail like tomorrow to me or whatever because I pre-ordered it. But then I was jealous that I missed (laughs) missed (laughs) this interview. interview, But it's okay. I wonder if we interviewed her because you ordered the book. That's what I I, I can't remember the order of events. Right, right. Well, anyway, anyway, I'm excited to read it, and um, I'm excited to hear this interview because I didn't get to be a part of it. The book, the book is called "Every Season Sacred." By the way, listeners, um, you can check that in the show notes. But I just wanted to make sure that uh, you heard it. I'm probably Matt talks about it with Kayla in Mm -hmm. the interview. So, yeah. Um. All right. Well. Awesome. Is it good enough? Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's let's hear. Here we go. Kayla Craig joins me today on the Gravity Leadership Podcast. She's a writer, former journalist and podcaster, and the author of To Light Their Way. She regularly writes prayers at Liturgies for Parents on Instagram. Kayla and her husband are raising four kids in Iowa, and today we're chatting about her latest book, Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul 
and nurture your family throughout the year. Kayla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Um, I have read a lot of books that are books designed for parents to disciple their kids, meaning just do this thing. I'll walk you through it. Do this thing with your kids. You'll disciple them. Then there's book. Then there are books that are devotionals for parents as they seek to parent their kids. Uh, and then there are books that are that are memoirs of like what I've learned as a parent discipling my kid. And you somehow found a way to write all three of those in one book. <laughs> um, well, that I, it was an ambitious goal when I proposed it to my publisher. They were just. Uh, wild enough to say, let's try it. Uh, because it's what I wanted as a parent and as a full human. And I thought maybe as I was talking with other parents, um, maybe this would be a beneficial thing for a lot of us to turn yeah. to. And yeah. Yeah. That's, that was what I was struck by as I read it. Um, you know, you know, when you're trying to do something that you haven't seen done for you. So a lot of a lot of uh, people that listen to this podcast, myself included, we either didn't have a faith model in the home for a parent growing up, or we had something, you know, our parents took us to a Bill Gothard gathering, and we don't want to run that same playbook with our kids. And so we are kind of like shooting in the dark, grab bagging, experimenting. Um, to tell us a bit about how this book came to be and how you came upon the way that you order with uh, liturgies for your for your family. How did you come upon that? Yeah. Uh, well, I think I was having these conversations with parents that were in the same boat that were trying to figure out where they were and their relation to faith and their relation to religion and realizing that there's no pause button when you become a parent and you're suddenly responsible to kind of help nurture and guide this child or children, you don't get to pause it and kind of figure out what you believe about faith. You're just in it. And my friends and the people I was talking to from all different kind of walks of life and experiences and backgrounds and denominations were saying, you know, I'm seeing all this hard stuff on the news. I know I don't want to necessarily pass on what I received as a child, but I have nothing to kind of help guide me there. I have nothing that speaks to my actual life, to the news I'm actually reading that also cares for my soul. So then I can care for the soul of my kids. Like that doesn't exist. And so I started reflecting, what would it look like to create something that could be a resource for parents that doesn't feel like a have to or you know, a dinnertime devotional, but something that invites you into depth and reflection without asking too much of you. You know, mm -hmm. people are busy, especially when you're in a season of raising kids and you might have work or you might have, you know, neighborhood commitments and responsibilities and you want to show up in the world. Um, but, but how do you do that? And how do you kind of enter into that time of almost like contemplation and reflection and receive that love that God has for you to see yourself as beloved. And maybe a lot of us grew up seeing ourselves as just deeply sinful and seeing God as, as a very strict father instead of this caring parent that, that nurtures us and then 
out of that belovedness, we can care for our families and enter into the world. Um, so that's kind of where every season sacred came from. Yeah. Kayla, I want to highlight something you said, cause I think it's a, it's a pivotal moment for many of us. We, we go from lamenting that we didn't get what we need to creating what we need so others can get what they need. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so what I, what I hear you say is, you know, I wanted this resource. It didn't exist. I, I wish I, you know, in a, in a better world, maybe it exists already. And you're, and you right, hit the ground running as a parent, but you, you just stumble and fumble your way forward. And then you create what you need. You become, you become a mother to other people. Mm. And so I really think that that's uh, such a beautiful gift for us. And I think it mirrors a lot of people's journeys as, and some people are pivoting right now, like, mm. you know, sitting there thinking, uh, I, if only I had had what I needed, I wouldn't be where I am. And I think that if if a listeners can take some current encouragement from your story, that maybe you can reach down into your soul and pull out something that can give other people what you didn't have. So that's kind of what this book is, yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, I love how you you put that. And and something that was really important to me was to draw from this like deep lake of others wisdom. Uh, that that was very important to me to make sure that it wasn't just my perspective or my voice in the book, but having people of different races, you know, all across kind of the Christian spirituality um, spectrum, um, contemplative writers that have nothing to do with parenting and yet have so much to do with the parenting journey. So that was really important to me was that other people would see um, themselves on the page, whether or not they look like me or worship like me or think like me. Yeah. Yeah. That's very ecumenical and uh, very, there are diversity of of different teachers and scholars and writers. Um, Let's talk about you being a parent. You've got four kids, right? How, how old are they? I do. Uh, Right now they range in age from seven to 12. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Great. So they're all, they can all dress themselves, bathe themselves, <laughs> wipe their own bottoms. That's kind of a golden season, right? <laughs> you know, you know, it is. I have a daughter that has Down syndrome and she has significant okay. disabilities. So yeah. that has been, that has been um, a beautiful and difficult journey uh, because she really relies on us to care yeah. for those, those basic needs of, of, you know, living in the world. And so that has been um, really an important part of my parenting experience is parenting my daughter, Eliza, and mm-hmm. experiencing God in her and receiving God's love from her um, has been a really sacred part of of my, my faith and parenting journey. Yeah. I wanted to ask you how your kids influenced writing your book. And it sounds like Eliza definitely did. Yeah. How did, how are the other ones and parenting them? How did they how do they show up in the pages here? Well, my husband's a pastor and I'm a writer. And I always say we're living, everything can be an illustration, right? There, We're living our lives and paying attention. I think it's such a, a sacred act to pay attention to what's going on in our actual lives. And when we start really kind of noticing then everything is teaching us something about the nature of God or the nature of who we are in light of that. And my kids teach me so much about Christ, about the kingdom of heaven, and just 
give me such an invitation into an expansive faith. So um, experience I've had with all four of them reflect on the page. Um, absolutely. Because they really do. They ask hard questions. Uh, they they help me think of things differently. They give me different perspectives. Um, I learn a lot from them. And mm-hmm. so I think there's this kind of flipping the narrative where it's not just parent teaching child, but it's it's parent and child learning and growing together. And now a word from a sponsor. The Gravity Podcast is sponsored by the Gravity Formation Course, our 12-month cohort-based training in practical spiritual formation, where you'll learn how to notice how God is already at work in your life so you can participate more fully in the life that God shares with us. It is a discipleship process that goes beyond just gaining more knowledge and trying out some new practices. In the Gravity Formation course, we go below the surface of our lives so that we can notice and name our deepest desires in God's presence and to discern how God is at work in those desires to lead us toward holistic flourishing, more transformation, more life, more joy, more love. We've trained hundreds of people from all over the world in this formation framework, and it's helped many people to have a sense of God at work in their lives and learn to be more at home in God's love. If you'd like to learn more, go to gravitycommons.com slash formation. All right, let's get back into our conversation. Yeah, there's something about... uh there's something about being teachable, curious, open, willing to yield, um, you know, things about things that are characterized uh, by the wisdom from above, you know, as James talks about it. But um, there's something about, there's something about that, that I think is uh, summarized in your book uh, with the contemplative tradition. There's a contemplative way of parenting that, and that, and that contemplative uh, lens shows up in your book. Can you speak a bit about why this is so important to you? Yeah, I think our world feels so overwhelming to me. Um, I want to be a part of creating a more flourishing, equitable world for for all people. And yet it can feel like so daunting. And I can easily delve into cynicism, right? It's it's just too much. And so for me, entering into a more contemplative posture where I am, you know, receiving that love from this divine parent um, and, and reflecting and slowing down because I'm a person that's always going so fast has been um, a really beautiful and nurturing and nourishing part of my, my own faith. And so I want to invite parents into that that may have not experienced that. Maybe they went to um, a church that that just wasn't part of the religious tradition. Maybe they didn't go to church at all. You know, whatever it is, um, kind of welcoming and inviting people into a new approach so that you can go and live and, and, and love your neighbor and um, receive that love. So I, I think it's kind of this, this both and, um, element to life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let, let me, uh, let me give the listener kind of an idea of how you structure this book. And then I want to zero in 
uh, on a contemplative practice uh, because you have four kids, seven to 12, and one of them has special needs. And like uh, some somebody's listening and they have one child who's three and they're like, how the heck can I have contemplation when I'm right. you know, busy? Okay, so the book is structured seasonally, uh, fall, winter, spring, summer. And each season has a different theme uh, where we enter into a different uh, maybe room of the house of our spiritual Christian spirituality. So one season is grief and, and it's, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then there's uh, like a memoir and then there's like prayer and uh, a contemplative prayer. And then there's questions to discuss with your family and then a prayer to pray with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, could you give us maybe one or two examples about how, how you are at, attempt to be contemplative, how you, attempt to nourish your own soul in the midst of getting dinner ready when you have a headache and kids are freaking out about homework? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good question. And I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. Like we think this is for the hyper spiritual or this is for somebody that is, is a monk. Right. And my life is nothing like um, a monastery. Although you do live yeah. in an old convent, right? I do live in an old <laughs> convent, but but there are Legos everywhere and squirrels in the ceiling and, and maybe not like what the Sisters of Mercy experienced when they, when they lived here. But, uh, you know, I think of our lives as just continual divine interruptions, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we don't have to overcomplicate the Spirit of God in us and around us all the time. And how do we enter in to that mystery? And maybe it is a sacred moment when your child is creating and you're imagining together Mm -hmm. and there are Legos on the floor and you just walked over one and it hurts so bad. And yet there's this beauty, right? Like we are Mm -hmm. co-creators with God. And so how do we just kind of change our posture in our actual lives that we're living? Because this contemplative spirituality is, is for everyone. It's not just for one person whose life looks maybe one certain way because my life is chaotic, you know? So for me, these practices keep me rooted. And it's not that I need any extra time to do a breath prayer, right? To inhale and to exhale and to root myself and remind myself that there is more than what I see and there is a mystery around me and that God loves me and God loves my family and God loves the family across town, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think even having this notion, um, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but having this notion that your kids are gifts to teach you about God Mm. and then becoming somebody who delights in being curious about what they're revealing. Um, and, and not just them in their own isolated little autonomous self, but them as they interact with each other and with you. Um, this is some of the work we do at Gravity is to help people. We, sometimes we call it an everyday an everyday uh, contemplative Christianity. Like, mm-hmm. a, like a, you don't have to be wash dishes in a monastery, right? To learn to see the world uh, the way Jesus did. And I think that your book actually helps uh, get us into that. And I, I, I think that... Uh, by just by itself, the devotional part would be really helpful, but but you kind of your memoir kind of I'm calling it a memoir. It's like you telling your story and your family's story. Um, maybe like, could you summarize or give us a, an idea about some of the things you're learning now mm-hmm. um, as a as a mom and as a Christian 
uh, as a wife? Like, what what are you learning now, and how is that due to some of your contemplative practices and exercises? Yeah, yeah. I think I am learning. You know, I mentioned I feel like my inclination to time is to always look ahead. And sometimes that's Mm. beautiful, right? Like I'm seeing what's coming down the pipeline and where we might need to pivot or change or um, live into our values in a certain way. It can also lead to a lot of anxiety, wondering what's going to happen, thinking of all the ways things could go wrong. And so for me, these kind of gentle rhythms where I'm not just entering into You know, I have to do this in the morning and this in the afternoon and this in the evening, but I'm entering into these kind of gentle rhythms uh, of living into that grace um, have been really helpful for me to stay present and to pay attention to where I am right now, to pay attention to my own emotions, my own feelings, to pay attention to, you know, my not, not just my children, but my next door neighbor, to pay attention just to all parts of my life, it hel- it helps me um, notice. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Um, so I mentioned um, to you kind of before we started recording that a lot of our listeners find themselves without a church or maybe yeah. feel spiritually homeless. Yep. And many of the best practices and resources that they were raised with or even were equipped with as adults, they no longer feel confident that that's the best thing to do with their kids. Can you give our listener an idea about how your book is maybe uh, different than what is typical? Like what makes it distinct, especially for those who feel themselves disconnected from a tradition they were raised in? Yeah. Um, Those are the people I was thinking about so much as I was writing, Mm -hmm. partly because I have felt that way. I have been that person. Sometimes I still am that person, even as somebody who's married to a pastor, right? Um, because I have had to to wrestle. I have felt disappointed. You know, 2020 mm-hmm. came and so many people left the church, right? They couldn't go to church. They couldn't gather. And then they realized, why should I go back? Um, what, what am I receiving there? You know, um, Christians don't exactly have a great um, reputation. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that. And so... I was thinking for the parents that are raising kids and they're going to work and they're trying to be involved in their community and they're trying to figure out what they believe um, in relation to who God is and who they are in light of it. What kind of resources do they have, right? We've all seen there's plenty of devotionals where it's like a dinnertime devotional or something to that effect where where you read this, this little bit together and you kind of interpret scripture in one specific way, um, and then you go off in your day. And it's not integrating any kind of a deeper maybe thoughtfulness or a deeper connection to um, living out your values Mm -hmm. in in the real world. And Mm -hmm. so I thought maybe this book could be a resource to turn to if you haven't felt like you can step back into a sanctuary, If if you have felt disappointed, mm-hmm. have, if you have felt hurt, if you've experienced trauma, all of these different um, things in relation to, you know, a worshiping community, a church body, 
this is my hope that every season sacred could be something that offers kind of empathy and compassion and a gentle guide. And I, I say in the book, like, take what works for you and leave the rest. This is not some sort of prescription, um, but it's to, to make your own, right? Um, yeah. And so maybe it can be something you can turn to when you feel like, I just can't quit Jesus, <laughs> but I'm not in a space where I'm returning to church or that I found a church that aligns with my values or where I want to raise my kids. I hope that this can be an offering and um, you can take what you need and leave the rest. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the show. Yeah. What I hear you saying, Killa, is that um, you, you hope that people who've undergone some harm or injury in the church that, Mm -hmm. that they receive this book as I see you. Like you're seen. And I'm just struck by how important that resonating witness, perhaps we could call it, mm-hmm. is uh, for our kids. Yeah. Um, right. So so much of so much of my parenting, when I when I get um when I when I just run headlong into B minus fathering, <laughs> it's because it's because I'm trying to fix something or do mm-hmm. something to my kids or get them to do something. And I'm I actually am not seeing them Mm. and they don't feel safe or seen or known. Even if, even if what needs to be seen is something that needs to change, right? Even if it's not something good. Um, and so I, I, so I I was, I was thinking about this because my kids are now 14 and 11 Mm -hmm. and they're kind of both going through puberty at the same time. And so sometimes it's bonkers town around here. And so one of my biggest challenges as a, as a dad right now mm-hmm. is how to give my kids like space, a little more space than they had when they were seven, but also stay connected and attached to them in a way that they value yeah. versus a way that just I value. I wonder if you could share a bit, if you're comfortable, like what are some of the growth edges for you as a mom? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the challenges you're facing and, and maybe a victory or two you want to celebrate? Yeah. Um, I write in the book, there's this kind of a a mini chapter. So the book is split up. There's this kind of mini section for each week of the year. They're not dated or anything, but they kind of follow that cyclical rhythm of the seasons. Um, But there's a section called helicopters. And I talk about my need for control and my desire for control and how difficult that is in so many different ages and stages and seasons of parenting. And I just have this desire to wrap my kids up in bubble wrap, to protect them from the hard edges of the world in so many different ways. And then really reflecting on kind of the spiritual component of that. And and am I doing more harm than good? And and I have to really wrestle with that. And I'm learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And my kids are helping me learn. And they often make fun of me, um, no matter how old they are. I'm like, look both ways. As we're getting out of the car, or there's cars coming, you know, and they're like, mom, we get it, <laughs> you know, and, but there's like, there's real life examples of that. There's like the kind of deeper emotional, spiritual where we just, I want, you know, in scripture, it says, you know, Jesus is like a mother hen and he, he wants to, you know, wrap his ring wings around us. And I, I feel that urge. And yet that's, that's not mine to do. My, my kids are not mine. I may be um, receive what they teach me as a gift, but they're not my gifts to hold and to to treasure up on my own. So that's yeah. definitely 
something that's hard. And it's hard as they grow to kind of let them go. There's a lot of reflections about middle school in this book because my son was transitioning to middle school. He's turning 13. So many big changes. Um, And it's hard to let go. It's hard to let go. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And something about the contemplative practices, let's just say um, you have some really beautiful breath prayers in here. Um, The one that I was just uh, thinking on had to do with God holding our tears. I was was breathing and praying that um, before we began. Mm. Um, And I, it does strike me, Kayla, that one of the, one of the gifts that contemplation gives us is that it trains us to be uncontrolling. Hmm. That yes, we 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 let go, we surrender, we consent, we open our hands. We are free to be acted upon in a way that we aren't in charge of. Yeah, right. Love intrudes uh, into our vulnerability and really caresses the control out of us. And I and I do wonder. I do wonder if maybe that's one of the reasons why you're so interested in contemplation because it's the antidote to this thing that's challenging for you. Does that make sense? I feel like you just unlocked something for me. <laughs> what you said is was so beautiful and so um, true. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's, that's honestly, you know, sometimes God is pulling you into something you don't even necessarily know why. You just know, yeah. okay, when I, when I put my feet on the ground, when I open my hands, when I inhale and exhale and reflect on God's deep care and compassion for me, Suddenly, I have a better posture to enter into whatever it is I'm doing, whether that's signing a permission slip so my son can go off or, you know, changing a diaper, whatever it is. I just, um, yeah, that that like physical and literal and figurative releasing of, of control. Um, that's, I think you're spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And this is so tricky just as disciples of Jesus, but also as a parent mm-hmm. to understand how to sometimes I talk about it as holding on with an open hand, how to be engaged, connected, and using our agency in a way that doesn't dominate, in a way that doesn't compromise the little agency of our our, our little ones, right? Mm-hmm. And in many ways, I feel like this is how, this is what God's love does for us. It, it comes underneath us, it empowers us, it also guides us, right? But, mm-hmm. but we aren't supposed to be like the horse with a bit and a bridle. We're not supposed to be robots for Jesus, and we're not supposed to raise little robots. Exactly, exactly. Um, Maybe as we wrap up here, Kayla, what is, what's your hope for this book? Like, if if in a year or so, um, what kind of stories do you want to hear about the people who've read your book? It is such a beautiful and humbling experience to hear people resonating with my first book, To Light Their Way. Um, which is a collection of prayers and liturgies for parents to pray for their kids. You know, that's kind of what that is. And people saying, you helped me have words when I didn't have my own. Gosh, that's just like, I know that's not like me. That's that's the Holy Spirit using mm-hmm. something that I created. And so I hope when people have every season sacred and they flipped through and they've turned to it, you know, maybe even intermittently throughout the year, they've gone to the back of the book and even just found a theme in the index. Like I'm struggling, you know, with doubt or grief, or 
I am really experiencing like wonder and joy and creativity and play with my kids, whatever it is, they turn to that and they feel seen. Mm. They feel known. They feel loved. They feel like they have entered into a time with God that has nothing to do with me, you know, and everything to do with the one that that made us and is with us right now. And Mm -hmm. that they feel a little more empowered and encouraged to journey along with their kids. Mm. That's wonderful. The title of the book, again, is Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nurture Your Family Throughout the Year. Kayla, you mentioned, I mentioned actually, your Instagram page where you publish prayers and liturgies. Could you tell us uh, where that, where they can find you on Instagram and where else people could find you online? Absolutely. So you can find prayers and breath prayers and benedictions uh, for you, the parents, over on Instagram, Liturgies for Parents. And that's F-O-R, Liturgies for Parents. And I've started inviting guest liturgists on because I just want to continually honor other voices and continue to kind of reflect um, together. And it's been such a gift. And um, I have a podcast that I release every Monday where it's very short. It is like 10 to 15 minutes, and it's just an invitation to reflect on some scripture, Mm. pray, and then receive a benediction. And it's just for parents that are busy, and maybe you don't have the margin to read, you know, or the energy or the mind space, but maybe you have 10 minutes as you're commuting or loading the dishwasher or going Mm. on a walk or getting ready for bed or whatever it is in your life, just to just one tool in your toolbox as, as you reflect. So I'm on KaylaCraig.com where we can connect more. Um, and my personal Instagram is Kayla underscore Craig. And I really do love connecting with real life people who are holding the book. Like that, that's why I wrote it. Great. And what's the name of your podcast? It is Liturgies for Parents. Oh, it's the same yeah, as your Instagram handle. Yeah, that's right. Yep. That's great. Well, I I wonder if there aren't some of our listeners who don't come from a tradition where they where they pray prayers that have been written for them, or maybe they've never received a benediction. And I just mm. want to give an exhortation to um, it can change your life. Mm. It can change your life when you feel like you have no faith left to pour your faithlessness through a prayer that somebody else has written. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a little like being lowered through a roof to get healed, mm-hmm. I would imagine. And so I, I just I commend uh, the book. I commend uh, also this little 15-minute podcast. If you've never received a benediction, have Kayla give you one and receive it as a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kayla, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for your thoughtful conversation, Matt. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles that we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sturkey and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sturkey edits and mixes the podcast. You can check out his work at aaronsturkey.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the Start Recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time.